Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have an exclusive interview with Avi from Pristine Jewelers. From Cardi B's engagement ring to Travis Scott's watch at the Super Bowl, the owners of Pristine Jewelers have been behind some of the most noticeable jewelry worn by the biggest celebrities. I found out about Pristine Jewelers through Jacqueline Burnett, and she came on the show today to enhance the conversation about the jewelry industry. Pristine Jewelers has done custom pieces for people such as DJ Khaled, 2 Chains, Travis Scott, Cardi B, and have sold pieces up to $10 million. So before we get into the episode, make sure you follow Pristine Jewelers on Instagram as well as Jacqueline Burnett and screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram story and make sure you tag all of us. And that being said, enjoy the episode. Here we go. everyone Casey Adams here welcome back to the rise of the young podcast today we have a very special guest Avi Davidov from pristine jewelers alongside Jacqueline Burnett who will be helping me enhance this conversation today thanks so much guys for coming on thank you thank you for having us so uh so Avi first off I want to I want to just ask you where when did you get involved in the jewelry world and what was the reasoning behind it because you've been able to work with all of the top a-list celebrities up to this point but where did this all start well you get an exclusive uh like i told you before we i've i don't really like to do interviews um so you're on your podcast you'll actually get an exclusive of how we started and how we came about and how our business came about um my dad was a jeweler uh, he was a wholesale supplier uh, to a lot of industry um, stores, and uh, he ended up opening up a store. We had stores actually everywhere. We had stores in Queens. We had stores in, uh, in New Jersey, and then my dad used to supply inventory to a lot of other stores, a lot of other neighboring stores and areas. So uh, he came across an area in the Bronx. I don't know if you've heard of the Bronx in New York. Yep. Uh, it's more of a ghetto area, but um, it's home, and uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a tough. Uh, how do I say? It? Um, it's a tough place to work at because um, you're you know you're literally in the hood. Yeah. Um, so he used to supply merchandise to people out at, out in the area. It's called Fordham Road in the Bronx, and I used to go there with him as a kid. And there was this one gentleman that came over to me one time and he gave me, I remember a Tommy Hilfiger watch. Mm. He's like, Hey, here's this Tommy Hilfiger watch. I want your dad to start supplying me with merchandise. Back in the days, my dad was the guy to go to. He, he was the guy who, you know, who dealt with a lot of uh, people at his time, like MC Hammer and Mike Tyson. Um, so the guy gave me a watch and he ended up telling me to bring my dad over. Cause my dad was working with one of the guy's competitors. Mm, okay so my dad ended up coming to him and you know he wanted exclusivity on the the merchandise my dad was building uh and my dad ended up giving it to him because obviously you know he was buying more of it than the other people have and from that you know he he kept seeing how much inventory he kept selling and selling and selling and he came to my mom one day and he goes you know what we should open up a store out here ourselves we'd be killing it at that time, I was about 15, 16 years old. Uh, so we decided to open up a store in the Bronx. 
um, I was going to high school at the time and uh, we opened up, we actually opened up the store out there and we did phenomenal. Uh, I was still a kid at that time, but I started the actual business when I was nine years old. Wow. And the story gets deeper because I worked uh, for my partner at the moment, who's my partner at the moment. His name is Ophir. Um, we had, he had, his mom had a store in the Coliseum Mall in Jamaica, which is, you know, one of the, one of the legendary malls out there. Yep. So I started working with her while he was nowhere to be found. You know, he was always partying even at, you know, he's a little, he was a little older than me. He was like 13, 14 years old, but he was never around. So I started working with his mom and, uh, right next to that store, my dad had a store at okay. that time where, you know, he had his retail store. So I started working with his mom there and my dad ended up taking me to work for him throughout time. Going back fast forward. Yep. Um, we opened up the store in the Bronx and I started learning, 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 and I liked it. I got into college. Um, and then coming from college for my free time, I would go work with my parents. Okay. Um, started working with main public with the main public and, um, in walks in, uh, a Latin artist His one of our actually first celebrity artists that I worked with. Um, and you know, the reggaeton industry, the reggaeton music yeah. is an artist called Cyan and Lennox. They're two separate artists, but they were a duo. So we started catering to him. And then I went to a concert one time. It was a reggaeton concert in Madison square garden. And, uh, I see a bunch of Latin artists, but no jewelry. They were all wearing <laughs> fake stuff. So I was in the crowd. I think I sat in the second or third row and I was just looking, looking, looking. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go after that market. Okay. And that's what I did. I, I went after the Latin reggaeton market, which back then wasn't where it was today. You know, there wasn't the Bad Bunnies back then or the J Balvin's back yeah. then or the Ozuna's back then. Um, if you're into the Latin music. Yeah. Um, so I started catering to all the, the Latin artists and every single time they would have a show or a club appearance, I would actually go out um, to the venues and I would actually, you know, um, start getting new clientele. So that, you know, in order for someone to endorse me, like any other business, you know, who do you know? What have you done? And I was just, you know, a kid trying to make it. Yeah. Um, so we started going to clubs. I kept getting thrown out of clubs, going back in from the back door, getting thrown out. Don't come in um and started to build you know a business and then i had i was working in an area of the bronx where they're only mainly latin people yeah so some of my uh so some of my clients were like you know what we can bring you this reggaeton artist we can bring you this latin artist and this artist and that artist and that's how it was you know from one artist became another another became another i started working with don omar who was you know at that time, he was the biggest. He was the Ozuna. Uh, it was it was him and Daddy Yankee who was competing at that time, mm -hmm. and so forth, so forth, and so forth. You know, I built my brand out of the Bronx. What was the transition? Because, like, for example, you're working with Cardi B and Travis Scott and all these A-list celebrities. The what was the transition was, point? The transition point, I'll tell you. I was at my peak in the Bronx 
where um you know we i was i was at the top i was one of the best jewelers out there and i needed to grow and in order to grow i had to take a risk and make a bigger move mm -hmm. now the latin industry you know they're always support you know the latin community and uh they always support um you know their people and you know i i can say i built my brand on you know on today's day thanking the latin community to you know i thank them yeah um and i had a phone call from a partner of mine who called me which is my brother-in-law he's married to my sister and he worked at out of the coliseum mall he started working with his mom you know he built a big brand out of there and you know he was working with uh likes of jim jones to Joel Santana, to J.R. Smith back in the days, um, to Tatiana Taylor, and he was at his peak. So he made a phone call to me. He was like, hey, bro, you know, I, I think we got it. I want to show you something. So I said, okay. So we rolled, we went to the city, and I, I thought we were going to go have dinner. Yeah. Um, we went to the city, and we passed by our store, our store today. And he was like, you see that store? I'm like, yeah, I see it. He's like, I signed a lease over there. I'm like, lease? I'm like, what do you mean? You know? He's like, we're going to go in business together. And we're going to take over and we're going to give everybody out there a run for their money. Um, to me, it was a shocker because, you know, I, I worked with my family, my parents all my life, you know? Um, and he worked with his mom. His mom is a single lady. So, you know, that was his support. Yep. And, you know, I was at the peak. He was at his peak. And you know what they say when, when something is not broken, why, you know, fix it? So he's like, bro, you know, we've been talking about this for years now. Why should we, uh, you know, uh, why should we not do it now? Now we have the perfect opportunity. There's this new building that was built, you know, right center of the Diamond District. We can kill it. Why not? Um, why not go on our own and, you know, take over? So the thought of that, I like, you know, it was a little scary because now, you know, you don't got your, your parents behind you going yep. on your own world, you know, you're going on, on, you're going onto the world yourself. And we went to our parents and the biggest thing for us is getting blessings. I always say when you get your parents blessings. I think that's the best thing you can ever do. Yep. They gave us their blessing and we basically left everything we've built. I've worked in the Bronx for about 16, 17 years of my life. We left everything we've built, what I've built. He's left everything he's built wow. to go open Pristine Jewelers. Now, he was, how we got Pristine, Pristine, um, he went, he, he went to get a haircut at his barbershop. And we have a friend by the name of Avi. Shout out Avi and Co. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, was at a, he was at the barbershop at that time. He was getting a haircut. And that was his store. And he came to my partner, Ophir, and he was like, yo, I have this store for you guys. You know, this was before he even signed the lease. This was before he even told me this is how he got the store. <laughs> he was, was like, um. You know, I have the store for you. You know, I think you guys should take it. He's like, I only take it if I go in with my brother because that's the only person I would want to do it with. So he was like, go for it. So at that time, uh, the store was supposed to be called Pristine Diamonds because he mm -hmm. named 
Avi was actually the one, another Avi was actually the one who named it Pristine Diamonds. But we changed it to Pristine Jewelers because we're jewelers. Um, and that's how we evolved. Um, I remember the first picture I ever took was in front of the store before we ever opened up. And I was with Fat Joe. Okay. Fat Joe came to me. We were, um, we were on a, we were on a boat. We have a mutual friend. Her name is Lauren Reidinger. Shout out the Reidingers. Uh, she has one of the biggest company called Market America, which I don't know if you guys heard of. Um, we were on their boat for a party. I don't know. I don't remember if it was 4th of July. Oh, it was, it was either 4th of July weekend or it was maybe Joe's birthday. And Joe comes over and tells my wife, he's like, your husband is going to be the biggest in the game. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure of it. And that was the day I met DJ Khaled, was on that boat. Wow. Me and DJ Khaled spoke. He says, I wasn't happy with my jeweler. I want you to be my new jeweler. And, you know, let's take it from there. At that time, Snapchat wasn't, you know, out there. And, yeah. and Khaled was on top. You know, he's, he's on yeah. top of the game right now. Shout out DJ Khaled. But Joe really endorsed me. And um, to this day, I'll always be um, – I'll always, you know, remember that and I'll be grateful for that. So shout out to Fat Joe, uh, which I call, you know, not only a family friend of mine but a brother of ours you know, a real true brother. And to this day, I could say our families are very close with one another and we're very close friends with each other. Very cool. Wow, that's awesome. So what would you say to the person who, let's say they're working in a career that they're not totally in love with and they want to make the jump that you did where you're like, okay, I'm going to go out into the real <laughs> world on my own. What kind of counsel would you give to that person? Dreams do become reality. And, you know, you're looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm. I was supposed to become a lawyer. I was not supposed to become a wow. jeweler. I graduated out of St. Okay. John's School of Law, and I was. My dream was to become a lawyer, but I was so driven into becoming one of the best and top jewelers in the world that um that you know that drive and that ambition of doing more and more and more and becoming better, better and better, you know, just it just overtook you know my for the the, the whole force of everything. And, you know, to the people out there, I would say um, I'm a living proof of success. Um, in order to be successful, you cannot be scared to jump out there in the ocean. I remember when I opened my store, right before I opened my store, I went to this one guy and I was like, you know, how is it on this block? You know, this block is full of freaking, you know, wolves. And, you know, yep. he goes, bro, you guys you two are two fish coming into this big ocean, you know, full of sharks. I sat and I thought about it. And I'm like, why would he tell me that? You know, and <laughs> knowing what I know today, I told him that day, I was like, no, these are the two lions coming into this jungle. That's about to take over. Yep. And that's exactly what we did. And, you know, in all humble and in, in all the humbleness and everything, um, that's what we did. And our business is not easy because there are jewelers out there today that they're willing to literally do everything they can for clout. Yeah. Just to be out there, to be famous, to be, uh, to be recognized, you know, 
how, how would you say you guys have built such an incredible brand? Like you guys, like you said, at the top of your game and you guys are the lion in the jungle. Like how have you guys built such an incredible brand over this I last believe in craftsmanship and I believe in, in providing quality. Um, one thing we do provide is we provide quality and we sell, you know, yep. that's what we sell. That's what we're known for. That's what, that's what pristine means. Pristine is not only pristine as if, as if, you know, the, 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 as neat as anything can be or as clean as anything can be. It's a brand. Yep. You know, they call us the pristine boys for a reason. Why do they call us the pristine boys? Cause we're always out there. We're always wearing the flashy clothes and wearing, and uh, you know, wearing the flashy clothes, wearing the nicest clothes, driving the nicest cars and always on the nicest yachts and always traveling on jets and always doing a one things, you know? Yep. So that's what it is. That's what's up. You, you go ahead, Jacqueline. Well, I want to ask, how are you guys optimizing this this time that we're in right now? You know, we're all in quarantine, and there's a lot of businesses who are kind of struggling to stay above water. I mean, you guys are killing it. What are you guys doing to really optimize in this time? Well, right now, we're all, I would say, on the same boat. Um, you know, we all made smart investments. You know, we, we made a lot of real estate investments that on today's day that, you know, we could sit back and relax. But obviously today, any investment doesn't really matter um, because we're all home and we can't really do anything. Um, and I know it's hurting a lot of people's families out there and it's, it's hurting a lot of people's lives on uh, not, be not being able to support um, their families and, and put food on the table. And it's just sad, you know, what we're going through. But... Um, <laughs> we made a lot of smart choices and a lot of smart investments and in investing in a lot of, you know, big pieces and especially in gold. Look how the gold market went mm -hmm. up. I told people to buy gold when it was 1200, 1300 an ounce and it's hit over $1,700 an ounce. So if you invested wow. in gold, you make 30, 40% of your money today. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, when it comes to social media, when did you guys start taking social media seriously? Because you guys I have such a presence media on that. Serious when I was in the Bronx days, and those were like okay. more of the earlier days. I still think I can take social social media a little bit more serious than I do. Yeah, you know, I hardly put up posts like I like I used to, or you know, I put up uh, I hardly put up a lot of things that I know I can. The problem with our business is that. It's so cutthroat and conniving that you put up something like uh, Casey Adams or or Jack or Jacqueline Burnett bought this and this and this, and then you'll hit every jeweler starts DMing the client yeah. and starts saying, "Oh, I could have done this for you, or I would have sold you this, and I would have sold you that." So it's more of a you know, it, it, it's a cutthroat business. Yeah. The good thing about it is we have a lot of loyal customers a loyal following and you know they, they just believe in us and you know we build relationships pristine is not only about having to sell somebody uh an item walking through the door and then not never seeing them again we build relationships with our clients our clients become family of ours yep. so you know we have relationships with like a cardi b or a relationship with a dj khaled or a relationship with a Meek Mill or a Nas or ball players, you know? Yep. We work with a lot of athletes too. We just don't post them for the yeah. reasons that I told you. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and, and I want to ask too, just since you've been able to work with all these celebrities, for the people that are out there, right? They're like, oh, wow. 
not only from a jewelry perspective, but personality and building relationships, what do you believe, like, what do you think creates great relationships and what do you recommend for people to do if they're starting a new business? Honesty, honesty and integrity. If you're being honest with your client and uh, you're building a relationship with your client, that trust will always be built. That trust is there. That's how, that's how I built my brand when I started mm. from, from the Bronx. It was called Avi the Jeweler before because I was alone. Yep. And that's the way my brother built his brand which was Flash 2000. We have clients of ours that we still see that we have for 20-some years. Wow. You know, so if I'm going to take care of Casey Adams, Casey Adams is definitely going to refer me to another guy. And yep. that guy will refer me. And that's what it is. It's just a domino effect. For sure. You know? Yep. That's beautiful. And what are some of the ways, too, like how have you remained so and center, you know, and able to just keep catapulting you towards – the trajectory that you do want? Like, what are some of the ways that you- I always try to stay ahead of the game. Um, about two years ago, we created a chandelier watch, mm. which went, you know, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, I went, I went, DJ Khaled ended up calling me one day and he goes, I want one of the craziest watches. He goes, I want this watch. It's the anniversary paddock watch that's only limited to 1,300 pieces. You know, I want to get that watch and I want you to ice it out for me. Yep. So I iced it out, you know, the chandelier way. And I brought it to his house and, he, you know, he was like, what do we call this? This is a monster. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> so I look up at the ceiling and the first thing I see is a big chandelier. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? We name it the chandelier watch. <laughs> That's why he says, you know, this is a chandelier. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even know that. That's great. <laughs> and... and and from there, and from there, Christine Khaled named the, you know, the chandelier watch. And every jeweler out there today calls it a chandelier. Love that. I love the piece that you did for Young Dolph, right? And the, the, the creativity, uh, what was it? The, the recent one, the Richard Milley with the blue diamonds? Yeah, shout out to Young Dolph. He's a brother of ours. He ended up calling me and he was like, you know, I want something different. He goes, I don't care about money. He goes, I know Richard Mills is a lot of money, but he's like, I don't care. I want something different. Blue and white, those are my colors. Yeah, that was hard. So, you know, blue's my color. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So we iced out uh, an RM11 watch for him that he wanted to customize. And, you know, we did it with blue diamonds. And we, we did blue. And then the inside of it, we, you know, we chandeliered it, yeah. it out with baguettes. When, I'm curious. When it comes to doing something like that from the craftsmanship perspective, like how long is that process when from idea to finalizing it? It took about a month because back and forth, you know, we were going yeah. back and forth on what he wants. He likes a lot of the stuff customized. Yep. So, you know, that Very was one cool. of the pieces that I like doing. I also like doing uh, uh, the heart, the Titanic heart that Offset um, gave Cardi B. Shout yep. out Offset and Cardi B. Um, he was like, when he came in, he was like, you know, I want something different. We did our first engagement ring. Okay. And he was like, you know, Avi, oh, I want something different, you know. So I was like, you know what? No one has a heart diamond. Yeah. So I was like, let's go find the biggest heart diamond we can find out right now. And we'll call it the Titanic. Because <laughs> we all watched the Titanic. Yep. And, you know, we came out with a design together with Offset. And we iced out her eternity bands and heart diamonds all the way around. And oh, her actual wedding band, we also did in hard diamonds, so it actually interlocks. 
I have a question just as a jeweler, like what does jewelry mean to you, right? Everyone has their own attachments to it and it means certain things like to you, what does it mean and the significance of it? Uh, my grandfather passed, um, Brandon, can you get me that picture pen? Actually, you weren't. <laughs> my grandfather passed, um, when I was 13 years old and you know, I was named after him. And to me, he means the world. Um, so, you know, something like this is a picture pendant mm. of, you know, our loved ones that yep. we do. Love so, that. you know, to me, it can mean one thing to many others. It can mean another thing. Why do people give people engagement rings when they get married? Yep. They could just go get a, you know, a ring pop and just give, <laughs> you know, one of those fake rings out the box. Um, I think we all work hard for what we do. Um, you know, and everybody wants to live nice. They want to have the best things in life. They want to have the, the nicest clothes and the fanciest cars and the best vacations. Yep. Um, yep. but you know, it, it's, it's what it really signifies to the person that's really buying it. You know, when I create any piece, I always make sure I give our pieces, if it's either me or my brother, Oh, 100%, you know, cause I know what it means to certain people. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Titanic, when we created it, we know it, it's going to mean something big to Cardi. Yep. You know, so um, Khaled always wanted a chandelier, a crazy watch. The most expensive watch he has today is a chandelier. That for him, when he bought that, he felt like, you know, he, besides the music that he creates, it, he, you know, it took that to another level. Yeah. So, Very cool. Wow. That's. That's beautiful. What has been your favorite piece to create, if you have one? One of the favorite pieces I created, um, there was a lot of pieces I created. Uh, I like Keisha K.O.R.'s and Gucci Man's rings that I created. Okay. Uh, shout out Gucci Man and Keisha K.O.R. Um, I created two massive rocks for Gucci Man uh, that look like liter literally raindrops. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I went to see him, you know, they wanted the best. Uh, they wanted the best diamonds they can get. Yep. Um, and then and then once he got his ring, he wanted the biggest diamond she can have. With you know, she has a massive oval um, cut diamond. So that's one of the rings that I liked. Um, I did a lot of things for Floyd Mayweather. Yep. Um, the the you know the rock that his daughter wears, Ayana. Uh, I like doing. I like making that one. Um, I like the the watch that I did for Fat Joe. Yeah. Um, his chandelier, and then I also enjoyed making Fat Joe's necklace. Um, Fat Joe wanted a a necklace one and a half carat diamonds. It, you know, it's literally the size of everybody's either engagement ring, the average you know class engagement ring, or their diamond studs that they have. Yeah. So when I brought it to him, you know, he bought it. He comes back to me. He goes, "Can we get bigger ones?" <laughs> I'm like bigger one so he wanted a bigger one I'm like no no man you got one of the biggest chains in the game yeah you know you have one of the biggest ones out there so um and then and then I also liked uh creating recreating which you know meant a lot to me Nas his Queensbridge piece mm -hmm. back in the days he had a Queensbridge piece that Tito a jeweler created you know, he was a jeweler out there, you know, back in the days. His name was Manny, but they called him Tito. Um, my partner and I, we recreated his, um, his uh, Queensbridge piece. 
Okay. Which meant a lot because I'm from Queens myself. Yep. A couple more questions before we let you go. I want to be respectful of your time. Just for the people that are listening that may not know, because we're talking about very expensive pieces of jewelry, like what is the price range for something starting to like the maximum price that you've sold something? We don't discriminate on anyone coming in. We have all sorts of clients coming in. We have clients coming in from all over the world. We have clients coming in from Thailand, from China, uh, from Russia, from, um, from Kazakhstan. We have a lot of clients, um, from London. So we don't really discriminate on anything, but, um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> Just like, 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 for example, for everyone listening, right? Let's say they wanted to get a piece from you one day. Like, what is a starting price for something? Um, we have stuff. Our starting prices, I would say, anywhere from three thousand and up. I think okay. that would be. But a lot of the pieces we sell, you know, are hundreds of thousands, and, and you know, going up to the millions. Like that's what we do best. Yep. You know, we so, create pieces most- that. If you don't mind saying it, do you have like a most expensive piece you sold that's like a public number that you could share? Uh, yeah, we sold some uh, some Saudi clients um, from royal families. I've done I've done a tiara for for a Saudi client. Wow. That turns into a necklace. Wow. Um, that was a ten million dollar setup. That was uh, I don't know if I posted it or not because I remember that. I don't remember if they told us to post it or not to post it, but we did, you know, we've done some, something like that. Uh, Floyd spends millions with us. Um, but we have a lot of clients that are just either millionaires or billionaires. They spend a lot of money with us and they continue to spend. We have a lot of clients that are corporate clients and you know, they'll just call us every month and send this one a gift and send that one a gift and we'll have their, you know, company black cards on file. So That's what's That's up. awesome. Yeah. And I I've actually know. enjoyed. I've actually enjoyed making Alec Monopoly's piece. Yeah, totally. my brother actually created that. Oh, uh, you know, just a Monopoly. Uh huh. That was actually fun creation. That's tight. That's beautiful. And I want to know from you too. Your opinion. What do you look for most in a diamond? Like, what is your favorite thing about when you're looking for a diamond? Well, obviously the 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 color and clarity. Um, but for me, it's not even that I love buying massive rocks. Mm. You know, when my dealer brings me a rock, you know, <laughs> he'll bring me a five carat rock and a five carat is big out there. You know, yeah. average, average engagement rank is anywhere between one and a half and two, two and a half carat. But when he brings me a five carat rock, um, I'm like, what are you, what are you showing me? Bring me a 30 or 40 or 50, you know, yeah. bring me something massive. Because I like creating massive masterpieces, you know? That's beautiful. What an art form. It's so awesome. I'm an artist myself. I always say the bigger the rock, you know, the happier she'll be. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And then look at these Richard Mills these days, you know, bunch of plastic looking watches like Young Dolphs. You know, you would never think on today's day, people would be spending two, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand. There are Richard Mills out there for two, three million dollars. But we believed in the brand. Yep. So, you know, we, w- what we did was we stocked up on Richard Mills way before they were actually growing. Really? So you guys will buy it like in bulk early. So it's guys like us. Ah, guys like us you set the price. <laughs> that, you know, raised the price. Or you yeah. know, guys like us sold it to Meek Mill where he would sing in his song. And I quote, you know, Richard Mill, cost the Lambo. Yeah. It was guys like us that really did it. Or even the paddocks. The paddocks went up at that time too. Yeah. It was guys like us that created the trend. 
Love that. So I have uh, one more question before we let you just wrap it up. Just when it comes to jewelry as an investment, I'd love for you to touch on that because I know, for example, when you talk about the price of paddocks going up and how people look for those as quality investments, what's your, not advice, but what do you recommend to people if they're looking to go get their first piece? What should they look for and how do they make sure that they're investing in something quality? I would say creating a custom piece for yourself. And I tell this to all my clients. If you're creating a custom piece and a logo and you just want to throw your money away, that's what you do. Some of my clients, they don't care. They have so much money. They yeah. want, you know, they just want to, they want to represent their logo, totally. whatever it is. Cause you know, they, they want to give it out to their artists and, you know, you know, even giveaways to their fans. Um, that's more of a waste of money because there is no resale value on it. It's that's what you want. That's what you're going to get. It's just yeah. like, you know, when, when you're buying a house, and you're putting all this extra stuff in the house and you want to sell your house and a new buyer comes, he's like, you know what? You like the way that looked, but I don't like the way that looked. That's not my kind of taste. What I would say is if you want to make an investment, you either invest in rocks or you invest in watches. Mm. A right timepiece like a Rolex or like a AP or like a Richard Mill, um, your investment will always be there. There are watches that increase in the last two, three years, 60, 70%. Wow. There are watches that went from 70K all the way up to 180, 200K. Yeah, that's crazy. And there are clients of mine that did cash in on those times. Yep. You know, obviously right now we have a pandemic, so we don't know where anyone, any one of us will, you know, will be at. But um, overall, I think everything will go back to normal. It'll take a little bit of time. Um, you know, we have to all be optimistic right now. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and just be positive. And I yep. think that's, that's the key, you know, that's the key to life. Love that. Um, and up. just believe in yourself. Yeah. I'll, I'll say last thing to wrap it up, just advice to young entrepreneurs that are, that haven't taken that step in that leap yet. What, what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur starting their first business? To be honest with you, this might sound crazy. I graduated St. John's school of law, right? I don't remember anything I learned. <laughs> you know, I believe school gives you a way of thinking. Yep. Uh, you know, but I believe in being street smart. I grew up, you're looking at somebody that literally grew up in the Bronx, in the projects, in the hood, that made it out the hood, opened up a store in the Diamond District, full of sharks, mm -hmm. full of lions and tigers, waiting to chop each other's head off just to make a sale, um, to make a dollar. And, you know, we progressed. Yep. You know, we started from a, a, a store that has, our store is not big. We're in a big place. Our store is literally two showcases and a window. Um, recently, what we did was we bought our own building, um, my brother and I, which was, you know, an accomplishment that we always wanted to do. We always wanted to own a building in the diamond district, even walking when we were walking as kids, we were walking around and we we're like, you know what? Our dream one day is to own a piece of property yep. in New York city in the diamond district. And we did that. That's so, sick. you know, so the sky's the limit. The more, the more you put, the more you invest in yourself, I believe the more you're going to win yep. school. Getting back to that. I'd say, be more uh, street smart than book smart. It's not what you know today. 
on today's day, it's really who you know. Yeah, 100%. You know, and I firmly believe in that. You know, it's, it's, it's who you know. It's the relationships you build. A lot of my friends today, um, you know, they're entertainers, they're actors, they're actresses, they're moguls, they're entrepreneurs, they're millionaires and billionaires. It's who you create your environment around. Yep. That's what you'll become. I was backstabbed by so many people in my life, friends that were so close to me, that that was the biggest and best lesson I got. Because when you get rid of all your negativity away and you form yourself around positive people, people that are successful, people that are there to teach you something in order for you to grow, you only progress. Yep. That's why Khaled always says, you know, stay away from they. And I believe in that. When you stay away from those moles and those snakes that don't deserve to be around you, you only progress in life. And I firmly feel, and I firmly believe in that. You know, and I and I'm thankful to have friends um like a Carolyn Aronson um or a Jeff Aronson, you know, shout out Carolyn Aronson and Jeff Jeff Aronson, which we spoke earlier before we got on this, who yeah. owns Titan FC, who owns it's a 10 hair care product who, who has a multi-billion dollar company and like the Ridingers who are friends of the family too, um, who owns, you know, their, their billionaire market America yeah. guys like, you know, a Khaled or fat Joe or a Cardi B or a Nas or, you know, I thank all them today for, you know, paving the way for us and gracing that and, you know, being our clients. And especially, I'll, I'll never forget where I came from. I came from Fordham Road, from the Bronx, from the hood, as my brother-in-law came from Queens, Jamaica, Queens, and we made it out of there. Yeah. And the only thing we can always do for everybody is, you know, just teach them the lessons we went through in life. Yeah. And I'm forever grateful to my parents, both of them, um, you know, for, for putting us and teaching us to be um, – the business-minded people we are today. I learned everything from my dad, and I'm always grateful. And my partner is also, also is grateful to his mom because, you know, we are who we are today because of, of them. Love that. Well, I appreciate your time today, man. Jacqueline, anything else before we, before we wrap it up? I think we covered it. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences, your wisdom. You got an, you got, you got an exclusive. I've never Avi, given it yo, out my to man, Avi, I appreciate pleasure. it. I appreciate it so much, man. It means the world. Where's what, the what made you? I want to ask you a question. What made you want to have a podcast? So I started my podcast like two years ago. So I'm 19 right now, and when I I was I was almost paralyzed when I was 15 playing football and got into entrepreneurship, started learning Facebook advertising, digital marketing, and it, same thing like you just said. I wanted to surround myself with quality people, and it started off interviewing people in my bedroom in Virginia to now I'm out here in Scottsdale in the last two, two and a half years, I've traveled all over the country. And it's, it's really allowed me to have these type of conversations with those quality people, right? From Larry King to Jordan Belfort to Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Rockets and all these people ranging from, you know, billionaires now to legends like Larry to yourself. So it's, it's all about the people and the relationships for me, like you said, for sure. I was Jordan Belfort as a, as a guy, just to ask you. <laughs> It was great. He's, he's phenomenal. You know, his story is, it's, it's so incredible from his point of view, right? Because we've all seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street. We've all seen it a hundred times, I feel like. 
and someone like Martin Scorsese that put the storyline together to hear it from Jordan's perspective to hear like what was you know accurate and then what was sort of misinformation a little bit it was cool to get those unique points of view across but um yeah I mean he's a character for sure and he knows what he's doing his bounce back was phenomenal and he's he's killing the game now for sure nice and one more other thing I want to shout out all the jewelers out there that's working hard supporting their family um you know being driven by the goals pristine supports every jeweler out there and we respect it love that well Avi I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today where's the best place for people to follow you if they aren't already uh, at pristine, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E underscore jewelers. Perfect. Thanks so much.